What's that stuff? What's the when you, you on YouTube when people whisper and you go to sleep? What's that called? You ever heard of that? That was Mississippi Mike. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, we feature artists, musicians, bartenders, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. It's a way to get to know your neighbors. Welcome to episode 26, part two. In this podcast, Mike talks about old music venues as a setup to some stories about Jonathan Richmond. He ends the podcast with a string of celebrity sightings he's had with a legendary San Francisco band. That third voice you'll hear in the background is episode 22 storyteller John Binder. We recorded this podcast as part of Tighten Up Your Wig, John's show on Radio Valencia. Here's Mississippi Mike. I've had three apartments. I lived at 14th and Guerrero. And for the five people out there who are, still have their hearing, who are not so old, I used to live across the street from the old Valencia Gardens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The bearded lady was, a, was around the corner, which was one of the original. Mission used to be a real lesbian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the bearded lady was one of the things that started that whole thing. And then I lived at 19th and Valencia when uh, Amnesia was some other bar. I don't know. Oh, what it was. Uh, Amelia's. No. It was, it was Amelia's. a chatterbox and it was something. Oh, Amnesia. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the makeout room. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. Have amnesia. you been around that long? Yeah. Well, I haven't, <laughs> but I know the. I know oh, okay. Bit of wow. I, amnesia. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I have amnesia about what it used yeah, to be Yeah, I think like Nirvana played there and stuff. I don't remember. Yeah. It was And they yeah. have the speakeasy. Of course, in that in that venue, still there like downstairs. Ba- in the back and down. And yeah, like, I tell people to, about like, that. like every shoe store and everything yeah. in that. Yeah. No, well, area. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's still if you play there you you hang out down there. Although I didn't right. know you could go out. To, it makes sense. But yeah, they used to have shows upstairs and downstairs. Mm-hmm. And it would be packed upstairs and then packed downstairs as well. If that place would have caught on fire, right. man, who knows? I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they would have shows. Back then, you would have shows in San Francisco. There were three venues that I know of that had, would have shows from 2 in the afternoon to 2 in the morning on Saturdays. And maybe, maybe four. And then they had the Paradise that had five different stages. So... That's how many bands there were, and that's how many people would there were to come out to see bands, and what how cheap it was. Venues? You could live here too, you know. Yeah, of course. What were some of those venues? Uh, I can't. The guy who owns a makeout had one of them, and it was called the Thirsty Swede. <laughs> Stupid name. I don't remember the other one. And the Amnesia Place was one of them, and the other one was across the street from the Thirsty Swede, and the woman who owned the place that was before Amnesia owned that one. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, and you get, yeah, literally, if you were a crappy band, you went on at three, four in the afternoon. That's the only time I ever went on, you know, and then like Amnesia, they'd have a pool table, they had a pool table and it would, the reason why the stage is so high mm-hmm. is the pool it table would high. go underneath the stage. Yeah. That's why the stage is so high. Right, I never kids, had the pool table pushed underneath the stage for my bands. <laughs> <laughs> just we, left it out. we were never worthy of that. <laughs> You're like, you know, just keep keep your game going. Well, trippy well. thing is, though, is now I live at 21st Mission. I've lived there basically forever. And um, and uh, when I moved in, the lady who owned the bar that I can't remember the name of that used to be Amnesia and the other place across uh, 
I don't. I I've struck in the names of her bars well, from my brain. Amnesia. I mean, let's just call it pre-amnesia. It's pre-amnesia. Yeah. yeah. So she lived on the same floor as me, and she was a wacky lady, and she was infamous. You know, she's friends with all these famous rock stars, but she. I never even knew what meth was, but until I met her you and found I found out, out quickly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was a wacky lady. One day, all of this cool stuff started getting stacked in our hallways. It was like the coolest vintage toy store in the world. And it was her getting evicted. <laughs> yeah. That was what it was. And she thought she could just move all her stuff out in the hallway and somehow get away with it. Well, she didn't. They eventually got her out of there. I got a lot of cool stuff out of it because he abandoned a lot of stuff. Lo and behold, the guy who winds up owning Amnesia, Sean, lived in the apartment right above mine oh. by coincidence. Yeah. He didn't even know she lived there. Holy they shit. didn't live at the same time. Is that how he came to own it? No. Oh. no. He never. They weren't even there at the same they time. They don't even know it, yeah. Yeah, they weren't wow. even there. It was just a bizarre coincidence. And yes. now he's like moved his family to... Mexico Everywhere now Belize they're back from Mexico. Yeah, I think they're back uh, in the East Coast now. Okay, I don't know. But they're I, just done so with. Yeah, amnesia. I I saw. I feel like I saw him the other day with him and his family hmm. parked in the mission. I think they've just been driving around the country in a. Well, I could be wrong. In like some sort of recreational vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the guy's if you're a, not wrong. That guy, like, I mean, he's pretty unmistakable, Sean. Sean, yeah. He's like the blondest person anywhere. Blondest surfer dude in the world. I didn't like him when he lived above me. There's a fire in the in a building and he he accused me of setting it and his bicycle got melted or something. And to this day, we worked it all out because we're buddies now, but dude, I had nothing to do with the fire. Right. But um he's a cool guy. And I think he he's as responsible as anyone for the mission getting to be super cool Mm -hmm. when it was super cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I thought the way that he stepped away from amnesia was fucking awesome and and admirable. I'm like, yeah, I I get it. Like you, you circumstances have changed. You've got a family and you're just kind of done and you're going to hand it off to, I'm going to just, I don't, I don't hate the city bear store people. Yeah, I don't hate what they've they, done. They kept a lot of the same. They improved the sound. Gags. They improved the sound. They yeah. kept Gaucho and yeah. Bluegrass Mondays. They didn't keep Mississippi Mike's Thursday Honky Tonk. But okay, so I fucking like, hate them for that. I don't. But, <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I don't. You know, I've met some of them. I met one of them, and they're decent guys. They actually yeah. owe me money, but um, it's like fifteen dollars. Come on, that's it's two beers. With interest. Two beers. Now, yeah, <laughs> I think they should have one cheap beer. Yeah, so if you're listening, and one also I'll, I'll take a free beer. One PBR. Um, yeah, I'm a big Jonathan Richmond fan who has visited this very studio, but not this very room. Um, when it's somewhere else. Anyone out there know who Jonathan Richmond is? If you're raise out there, hand. raise your hands. Yeah. All right. You get a hip audience. Uh, I am a big Jonathan Richmond fan. When I first moved to California, I was blown away by the fact that he visited here regularly. In fact, he even lived here for a short period. And uh, me and my best friend that I made out here... My best friend was from Santa Cruz, but he talked exactly like Jonathan Richmond because he was such a big fan of Jonathan Richmond that he just started talking like him all wow. the time, which is That's really devotion. Because <laughs> Jonathan Richmond has a very weird way of talking, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot of commitment. But I think my buddy did it without uh, even thinking about it. But um, and he and I had a punk rock band, and we played our own original songs that my buddy JB wrote, which were bizarre, and Jonathan Richmond tunes. And Stooges songs. And um, so Jonathan was my guy, you know. And then um, for a time, that's when I wrote songs, I, pl- I write 
honky-tonk country music and folk music mostly now, but back then I just wrote Jonathan Richmond-style punk rock songs. They were more punk than Jonathan, but basically cute stories about people who worked at grocery stores and, and stuff. Um, and that's all I did. And I got a gig at Doc's Clock because uh, I knew I was dating a girl who was one of the owners of the Doc's Clock at the time. And uh, I had really never had a gig where I played my own music before. It's my really my first one. And uh, I dressed like a rodeo clown. <laughs> I was walking down the street in Noe Valley, and I found a box, and it was filled with le- like these red, white, and blue leather chaps and red, white, and blue leather vest, and not like like gay fetish chaps rodeo you were clown basically in chaps. the san francisco video game and you found like a pro, like a yeah like a it's a loot box yeah awesome <laughs> awesome and uh so i was bandy the rodeo clown kelly stoltz opened up for me or he was supposed to open up for me but he didn't show up and uh that guy he's not going anywhere kelly stoltz um so i go down there with my material, which basically consisted of country songs like Bandy the Rodeo Clown, which I'd already been playing, so it was perfect, and, uh, and Jonathan Richmond style songs, and a Jonathan Richmond song as well, um, all sung in a Jonathan Richmond style voice that I had, and uh, there's no one there, no one, uh, not even my girlfriend showed up. I don't know why, maybe she's out of town. The place is completely empty except for the bartender, I guess I was dating Liz, or the lady who owned the place at the time. Yeah, <laughs> not named that, and um, <laughs> and uh, and maybe one barfly and Jonathan Richmond and his girlfriend or wife so, at the time, the only people there. Yeah. So I'm standing there, never having played a show of my own music before, and I impersonate Jonathan Richmond, and the only person in the audience is the person I impersonate, which I had to go about my business, and I did my thing probably t- terribly. And then he came up and he's like, hey, Mike, hey, I like, like your song. He said I sounded very sincere. That was his only compliment. <laughs> That's kind of gold from Jonathan, right? I, I mean, guess, yeah, yeah. Because what else could he say? Yeah. If he's Jonathan Richmond. Like, yeah. That's awesome. I saw him the next night at the makeout room. and uh, and uh, For a set of his? or No, he was just there. Just I guess he was out. just in town. He actually wound up move, living here and marrying the other woman who owned Docs is why right. he was there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but Ralph Carney... I don't know who was playing. I think Ralph Carney must have been playing. I don't know if you know who Ralph Carney was. Another fellow who just passed away. He was a he was a saxophone player. He played like 50 different kinds of saxophones. He was on a Tom Waits record, the great Tom Waits record, I think. Rain Dogs, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and his nephew is Patrick Carney, who is in that Black Keys band. Anyway, he just passed away, sadly. Another mission legend or San Francisco legend. But Ralph was there. I already knew Ralph. And so I'm standing with Ralph having a conversation, and Jonathan Richmond walks up, and he introduces me to Ralph as his friend. That one day I was Jonathan Richmond's friend. Next time, First you were just sincere. Now you're his friend. The, I was that Fuck. night. Really, the only other time I ever interacted with him was at Radio Valencia Studios. You spooked him out pretty bad. <laughs> well, I used to co-host a country show on here on noon at noon on saturday saturdays and um it was just after lou reed had died and i had had put together a velvet underground tribute band Mm -hmm. before lou reed had died actually we only did one record though we did loaded you know everyone else was doing the vu with with nico you know 
Sure. Pretty cliche. Yeah. Cliche. Yeah, yeah. Early hipster. That was like the sure. shrine for these. I mean, I would have done it. Yeah, I would have yeah. done it if a thousand other people weren't already doing it. But I would have definitely loved to have done it. But I knew the people who were doing it, and they were probably doing it really great. So Loaded has, you know, rock and roll on it. And it's you know, tons of the legendary tunes, you know. Sweet Jane is on that one. And, um, fat Blonde Actress and all that stuff. Anyway, we were already. Yeah, whatever it's called. Lonely what? Cowboy Bill. Lonely uh, Cowboy Bill. Right, come right, on right. now. Shout out. Um, so, uh. I turn on Radio Valencia, the only time I've ever actually listened to it when I'm not <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, I don't even know why I turned it on. And I hear Jonathan Richmond's voice coming through the thing. And I hear the guy I co-host the country show. So this is like 11 to noon, and I, we're on at noon. So it's like 11.45. I turn it on, and I hear Chris, my co-host, or I was his co-host. And Jonathan Richmond is talking in the background. I'm like, wait a second. They're in the same room. It's a half block from my house. I grab my, I throw on my clothes on the floor. I grab my acoustic guitar and I literally run down there, which means in that block I ran, I'm about to die. I'm yeah. like, <gasps> running is not easy. Yeah. yeah. Mission blocks are like New York City blocks. Really yeah, long. exactly, exactly. So I'm sitting there and Jonathan is hanging out. He hangs out for, uh, he's being interviewed about Lou Reed because he's, Lou Reed is his Jonathan died. Richmond. This is now we're just, he just died. He just died and okay. Lou Reed, was to Jonathan Richmond as Jonathan Richmond is to me. Right. I hope that Lou Reed treated Jonathan Richmond as rudely <laughs> as Jonathan Richmond has treated me, because uh, it was maybe that's how the relationship was kept completely and you know, you know, perfect. But uh, anyway, I sit there, listen to him talk. I'm like, I have a Velvet Underground cover band. I'm a huge Jonathan fan. We're friends. Yeah. <laughs> so they they wrap it up. I'm just. Waiting, I have my guitar. Will he sign it? Will he sign it? He doesn't give one. I mentioned my Velo Underground. He doesn't care about my Velo Underground cover band. He doesn't want to talk to me at all. He only talks to my guy, my friend, the co-host, who's never even heard of him before, mm. about his life. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm like, hey, Jonathan, you sign my guitar? He's like, oh, uh, uh, you got a pen? I'm like, yeah, I have a pen. Uh, 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 and finally, I get him to sign it. He like, puts an X on it. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. You take a picture with me? I've since recently told this story and found out that he does not like taking pictures. So I didn't know he didn't like taking pictures. I said, take a picture. He said, oh, got a camera. I'm like, uh, someone has a phone. Sure. Yeah. So we get a picture. He stands there, put my arm around him, get the picture. Then he leaves. I get a copy of the picture. We are dressed exactly the same. <laughs> From head to toe. From hat to shirt to t- to Holy everything. Shit. I have a blue, like kind of blazerish kind of overshirt, black and white striped undershirt, Greek sailor's hat, <laughs> and he has the exact same thing. Nice. <laughs> it's like a young, handsome Jonathan Richmond next to the real Jonathan Richmond. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't look anything like Jonathan Richmond, but you can pretend like I do. <laughs> do you know who uh, Jefferson Airplane is? Sure. The band, rock band. Yeah, I know. So I've had three interactions Educate. with Jefferson Airplane people. I used to work, when I first moved to the Bay Area, I worked at a place called the Candy Factory, mm-hmm. which is a chain candy store where you buy candy by the pound. And Yes, I did that. Mississippi Mike, behind the scenes, I wear a blue apron and a blue visor and a red bow tie, and China Kantner and Grace Slick were regular customers, and I loved China Kantner when I was a kid. You know, I got a boner for her. Sure. So then the I met them there, and then one day I'm on the uni 
I was on the your favorite bus, the Geary bus. Mm-hmm. 38. 38. And we're way out, way out, like on 45th Avenue or something, 42nd Avenue. And the bus suddenly slams on its bricks because some dude in a black Mercedes has stopped suddenly in front of us without even just in the middle of the block. And the bus driver's yelling at him and cussing at him. I look out the window and it's Paul Kantner, guitar player for, for, and he's spray painting over a no parking sign with black spray paint. Apparently he must've gotten a parking ticket there and he was going to fight it in court. But my favorite Muni Jefferson airplane story is I'm riding on the 22. I was working at my next job was Starbucks on union street. I moved up from the candy store, candy factory. And, um, Moving up in society. I had my guitar because I was a musician too, man. I don't just do coffee, man. I do <laughs> rock and roll. Right. And this old lady, this elder lady's like, oh, you you play guitar. I'm like, yeah, I do. She's like, my son plays guitar. He's a musician. I'm like, oh, cool. Was he play, you know, what's he do? He's like, oh, he writes songs and he sings. I'm like, oh, cool. What, what, what's his name? And she said, his name is Marty Ballin or Balin, Ballin, who is the greatest jefferson airplane star in my mind her mom apparently used to ride the 22 and just strike up conversations with random people about her son marty balin who i want to have a marty balin day in san francisco let's start it right now marty balin day it'll be the day that this podcast releases we're going to give him a statue or a medal or something and he's going to sing if only you believe in miracles it's a miracle baby Music for the podcast is by Joe Begale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Michelle's photos are being featured in an all-woman photo show called Dreams at the 1090 Gallery, Bryant and Knight Streets in San Francisco. You can find Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on the website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Check back next week for stories from Chronicle photographer Jessica Christian.